I don't even know what to do. Josh is back in the building. Hey. Oh, hey, this oh, is awesome hey, to have oh. you. Is it? It's great that he has no microphone on. Oh, he does. I do have Damn a microphone it. on. Darn yeah, it. he's got a little. Oh, you thought he I just, just didn't got have a little microphone. I thought they maybe forget. It was going to be great. I was Welcome like, back, Josh. Here and How are we going to hear him? He's somewhere. He's not in an Excel spreadsheet. You're not in a meeting. You're not in LA. My You're computer, here with us. You're not. I want to say something gross about you and your girlfriend. You're not yeah, save it for spooning later. with her. Uh, okay. Save it for later. That's so gross. Oh, gosh. Well, I wanted to say other things, but I know you said Erica's parents listened. They so do. I wanted to say something, you yeah. know, sexually provocative. Why don't you just leave it at spooning? <laughs> Sorry, Erica's parents, but just what I do. What's great is you didn't say anything, yeah. but now I'm thinking of a lot of sexual oh, yeah. I mean, things. He, was in, he was in Los Angeles with her. I mean, all the things you know that could have gone down. <laughs> Your face, My face is getting so all red. Destroyed. I'm so embarrassed. Goodbye, everyone. This has been great. Uh, I'm going to leave. It's good to have you. It's great to be here. It really is. I missed you guys. It's been two weeks since I was on the podcast. I've had wow. no outlet to give all my opinions about football, so it's great to be back. Good. We're glad to, to have you. Right. I, I, right. That's it's great to have you. Let's go. For some reason, pays homage to you at the end of each show. I don't know why. I know. Even the shows that I have said I will not appear on. Right. Like Monday and Thursday, and I will Josh not. Josh would say good night. But you know what? <laughs> he always <laughs> says. What if I Bill Cosby? Josh said puddings <laughs> and pepperoni. Hey, hey, hey. Good evening, good night. He always says Josh would say good evening, but that's Is, not what I say. What do you say? I good say, night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Right. Oh. Josh yeah. doesn't say good evening. Josh is, Josh is not a nerd. <laughs> Josh is not a nerd that says good evening. He says good night. I love how he's been doing sure? your sign off wrong, though. Yeah. I mean, better. what the fuck is that? Did you know this all oh, along? Also, yeah, I did. By and the you way, haven't told me. No, I kind of fuck just like, it's kind of funny. Isaac Bruce's sign off? Yeah. Shalom. Shalom? <laughs> what? It was amazing. Where did that come from? Isaac Bruce. Is Isaac Bruce Israeli? Uh, uh, Does he speak Hebrew? Man, I hope so. Is I he, don't know. He was good interview, though. He was. He was good. Yeah, we had fun. Uh, I don't know if he had a bar mitzvah, though. Isaac Bruce playing Coke and Pepsi at his bar mitzvah? Yeah, what You guys had your bar mitzvah? Yes, right. of course. I never got um, a sweet a quinceañera. No, <laughs> what the hell is that? I never communion? got. Yeah, I got communion. What's the next one? Confirmation. confirmation. I never got it. No. Yeah. Guess I'm not a real Catholic. You're unconfirmed. Oh, Should gosh. we do? Uh, I mean, we've never done Fendrick Lefko bar mitzvah stories, but I could. Not I could right unload. Now. I could unload Fendrick the tank on that. Fendrick comes in and he's like, he's already commandeering the show for yeah. bar mitzvah stories. All right, stories. let's just do that. Do we have anything to talk about? Yes. <laughs> Sims right. is is becoming a part of the Levitard family. I right know. Now. This is funny. This <laughs> it is, is funny. funny. I had no idea this was happening until he told me today. Yeah. I really uh, kind of went off the grid while I was in California. Yeah. Thanks. Good I didn't. Job. I didn't I'm, look at Twitter. I'm cleaning dishes and I'm listening to the Levitard podcast and I hear Stugat say. Sims has uh, Blake Bortles at 70. I wonder who he's got at 69 and 71. So I text Sims. I go, tell me who you got at 69 and 71. I'm going to tweet it at him. And now you've been on the show. You've given uh, Cody, uh, what is it, Austin Davis at 69? Yes. And then 68 was 
TJ Yates, and then 67 was Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. Sims comes in and he's frantic. And he goes, it's I, I, he goes I don't want to do this. And he, he shows me this list he has with every quarterback written in the NFL, and there's just numbers all over the place. I go, Sims, we'll figure this out. And we, we go through a list. And he goes, I think it's Cardell Jones. I go, okay, what about, you know, what about CJ Beathard? He's like, oh. So we're just sitting, we're going back and forth. But now Sims is going to be employed by the uh, the Levitard show I'm for the next three months. I'm picturing the uh, Zach Galifianakis scene from The Hangover where he's standing the at numbers. the blackjack table and all of the numbers are in front of his face. Uh, I'm just waiting for the day they have me on and they literally just get the number in the quarterback and actually and hang, hang up. up. Yes, yeah. because they keep saying they're going to do that, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I just I keep telling Sims when he goes on. He didn't say Sims and Lefko today. He yeah. didn't. They Every said day, podcast, you gotta, you gotta but he it. didn't say it. You're right. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, I don't know. <laughs> I've been working on this material with him for a quite a long time. Uh, you, you are. He's had a bit of practice. I tell you, they're just getting the Chris Sims greatest hits right, right. now. Yeah, they are. They got the spleen. Right. They got the Blake Bortles. They yeah. got uh, oh wimpy quarterbacks. Wait till they get to number one and they hear Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback oh, ever. God. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, once they get into JFK, the fact that you've never eaten an egg, right. your reactions to Uber in New York, you have so many things oh, that are Uber. perfect. Do fucking you know, Uber. See, I just say it and you gotta do you know what the delay is on their show like how many seconds they have to bleep you out I would because get, when you start talking about Rogers, I, like I don't know if that works on their show. Yeah, you mean like I can't say I want to blow them and right, all those yeah, kind of things. Know, I, don't I don't know, know either. That's fly. Is that we're going to learn, learn a lot about their show. <laughs> yeah. I would love to get Stu Gotts on our show. Yeah. So maybe if you just invite Stu Gotts, he's great. Uh, when I get to Dan. like fifty-five. Okay. Then you'll start calling I'll your start, own I'll shot. I'll start uh, asking your things. First, you, you're, it's your first week of really working for them, so you just got your key card. <laughs> I love how I got suckered into it, Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. And I now know. you're screwed. But you they're kind of cool guys. They're kind of like us, so I was just like, okay, yeah. fine. I'm Have just I... loving the fact that they are pleasantly surprised by you. And I, it's the constant thing of being like, I feel like we've been making these videos for so long. And then when people are like, wait, you lost your spleen? I was like... Episode two, I don't know. <laughs> Have I ever played for you the video of Lebetard and Stu Gotts reacting to LeBron going to Miami after no. the decision? So it's an unbelievable five minutes of radio where they're calling, they're calling him the giant royal penis, and they're talking about his entrance to Miami. <laughs> it, it's legitimately one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I'll play it for you after. Uh, before we get to the numbers, because you are right now going to be infamous and tied to Blake Bortles, which is incredible. It is incredible. Uh, I have a stat for you about Blake Bortles. Yeah. 300-yard passing game, Sims. How is he 70? So in his last 21 games, he has four 300-yard passing games. All of them against the Colts? Three of them against the Colts. I had a feeling you were going to say that. And the Colts' rankings in the passing defense in those games, 32, 27, and 24. Yes. This is a perfect matchup for him. I mean, again... It was, uh, but is the Colts defense so bad because they kept getting lit up by Blake Bortles? <laughs> no. no, sorry, it's unbelievable. All right, it so thirty four, uh, one forty three, so forty threes. Yeah, uh, let's start off with our guest, our returning a good evening person. So Ron Geralt did wear forty three for the two thousand six Rutgers football team. So I could talk about him, but would you guys rather talk about Rutgers nearly taking down the number three team in the country last night in basketball nope. at the rack? Okay. I'd actually, Who was it? Michigan State. They Michigan almost won. St- oh, they did. They almost won. Really I'd like to talk about this, this comment from Steve Anzavino on our iTunes comment. Wrote, Jers, five stars. What up? Been listening to the podcast since Jersey. day one. Love y'all. Just figured out how to write a v- review. I tell my friends all the time that Jersey's one of the best football states in the country. I think they're top five behind Texas, Florida, and Cali. Jersey has all three-star athletes since you were a high school... 
Jersey has all three-star athletes. Well, why is it so hard for Rutgers to get these athletes? Yeah. Also, it wasn't when Greg Schiano was the coach. Well, also, is yeah. it Taylor ham or pork roll? Pork roll. Oh. What's a Taylor ham? Taylor ham egg and cheese is like a huge Jersey man working but it's, class but it's breakfast. pork roll egg and cheese. Is it? Yeah, that's what you it is. You don't call it Taylor ham in Jersey. No pork roll egg and cheese. Sims, what I do don't you know. call it? I don't feel. I don't eat that either way. Yeah, you've never had eggs. But I don't know. Up in my neck of the woods, they call it Taylor ham. Are you sure about yeah, that? Yeah, I am sure. Are you about sure that. about that? I am sure because I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's called yours pork is roll. the Yiddish version. <laughs> it's this is not how I'm talking. <laughs> the non- you mean that Jewish ham? <laughs> yes, the Jewish ham. <laughs> hashtag Jersey boy. Hashtag pork roll egg and cheese. Not kosher. We're we are in a phenomenal state of talent, basketball and football. We're not top five, but we're like maybe six through eight, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Uh, do you have any good 43s? Troy Palomalo. Oh, he's the The one. king, right? Yeah. Um, another 43. Ooh, my dad's old uh, teammate, Kennard. Um, he was a safety. Okay. Uh, you don't have him on I your don't. list, do you? <laughs> I, I love when I stump your list. Hassan Reddick. He is. Congratulations. Um, hold on. From? Temple. Teammates with? Robbie Team. Anderson. Oh, that's Keep important. Going. But um, let's see. Other 43s. That's all I got off the top of my head. Running backs, Fozzie Whitaker and Darren Sproles. Oh, defensemen, Damn, Hassan Sproles. Riddick, Corey Moore, safety from Houston. John Johnson, a starting safety for the Rams. Yeah. Did you know that the starting safety for the Rams was named John Johnson? I did, but I can't believe. How do I, how do I not know the starting safety for one of the best teams in football? Well, they've played was, around with that position a lot. Oh, what have they been doing? They've It's him. It's a few other guys gotcha. they've messed around with. Nate Ebner, Marcus Williams, safety for the Saints. Damn. TJ Ward and George Iloka. Shit. Who just had his suspension taken away. more than I taken thought. Away. I'm disappointed in myself. All-time guys, Gerald Sensible. Uh, some good name guy, Spider Lockhart. Ooh. Pro Bowl punt returner for the Giants in the 60s and 70s. Don Perkins, six-time Pro Bowl running back for the Cowboys in the 60s. Larry Brown. Uh, MVP in 1972 for Washington, running back. I was going to say Larry Brown. Like the he was. There's not, been a yeah. lot of Larry Browns in yeah, sports. Yeah. I mean, get right. a new name. Okay. <laughs> Cliff Harris, Dallas defensive back, three-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champion with Dallas. Right. George Atkinson, yeah. Raiders corner in the 70s, yeah. and Palomalu. Palomalu might have the best highlight reel for when he goes into the Hall of Fame. The jumping over the center, the flying. He has picks and hard hits. I think he has a better highlight reel than Ed Reed. I listen, you Ed know Reed my, has a great highlight a reel. A great highlight reel. This is this is, you know, two studs. Uh and I played against both of them and Ed Reed picked me off and I don't think Palomalo did. But Palomalo is the best safety I ever played against, and that's not a knock on Ed Reed. Just the difference to me was the fact that it was the Steelers' defense. They did some crazy stuff, but Palomalo played at the line of scrimmage a lot more than Ed Reed. Ed Reed was your ultimate free safety. Can you imagine if they played together? Oh, my gosh. I mean, two guys that just – they were like quarterbacks. That's where Ed scared you. Ed wasn't on the line of scrimmage, but you were like – you would look at him and you'd be like, damn, I think he knows what play's coming. Like, he would scare you that way. I would summarize those two guys with opposite sentences. Yeah. Ed Reed knew what you were going to do. Right. And you never knew what Palomalo was going to do. That's a good way to put it. It is. They that's are complete opposites. Definitely. Uh, NBA guys, Chris Humphreys, Kendrick Perkins, Michael Thompson, I believe the dad of Chris, yeah. and uh, Brad Dowdy, MLB, Dennis Eckersley. Good old Brad Dowdy. The weirdest career path ever. Went from right? the NBA to ESPN talking about basketball, then went to NASCAR. And like became really successful in NASCAR. Was like the NASCAR guy. And right? has a voice that doesn't match him at all. He's like, hey, now, hey, I, I saw Jeff Gordon driving around. I'll say, man, what you doing with all that stuff? Uh, let's do a quick In Their Prime. In Their Prime. I don't remember who sent this in but I apologize. 
Reggie White Ooh. in their prime yep. or Lawrence Taylor? Oh, this was actually from Reddit. Thank you, Reddit. Reggie White or Lawrence Taylor All in right. their prime? There are two that we have to clarify. These are two different animals, okay, in the respectful well, you just way. Said, you just said Palomalu over Ed Reed in their prime. I know, but this is Reggie White, 305 pounds, They're and this different. is Lawrence Taylor, outside linebacker, right. 255. First pick of the Chris I'm Sims taking team. Reggie White. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ooh. That's tough. I understand that. But Reggie White is... Gosh, just all the things he could do. He was a special human being to be that size, that powerful, and uh, that that quick off the edge. So all those things together. And I just think his career was more consistently at a high level than LT. LT, certainly, again, a game changer, a guy that you never saw in the league uh, at that time. But Reggie was the same way. Yeah. I, I think Reggie was actually still ahe- more ahead of his time than Lawrence Taylor. Wow. Like, you awesome. know you know what I think I always say? Like, and we'll ask my dad this, like, because he'd be a good person yeah, to answer Yeah, you're right. That. We should ask him that, too. But, but Yeah, Phil Sims coming up in a little bit. Uh, but, but the big thing, like I say now, the game crazy violent now, there's a Lawrence Taylor on every team now. You're right. I can't. Yeah, 6'3", 250 is common. It's pretty. Uh, there's not six, a. 6'3", 10. Coming off the edge, he was 6'5", 305. That, yeah. That's not as common off the edge. How close is Fletcher Cox to him physically? <sighs> he's every bit as powerful. Maybe he's more powerful, but he didn't have the – like Reggie could come around the edge yeah. and bend and – That's like, unreal. Cr- Sackville <laughs> What? Breaking news. Is it Roger Goodell the has signed a five-year extension to remain NFL commissioner. Do you guys want to take guesses on how much? Is it per year or total? Uh, all we have is, let's see. What's the guarantee? It's five what years. You're asking me a lot of what questions. What happens if they two, cut him after two years? It's right. five years, $250 million. It says Darren Rovell of ESPN has reported. If that's the answer, I still want to guess. The five-year deal could be worth, this is an annual, but it's not an exact number. I'm going to say they negotiated it down to 45. It says it could be worth twice as much annually as the first 10 years that he was commissioner. What the fuck? I want a number. That does, that's not Well, fun. how much was he making now? 45. So it could be $90 million a year? Is that what that means? Twice as much annually? That seems absurd. You're supposed to get this information before you break okay, in. Okay, I wanted to break in with the news. I'm sorry. I wanted to do the... I'll find out. Albert, what are you looking at over here? I'm looking at Twitter to find out what's going on. You're following Albert Breer? What? Two hundred million for five, so they got him down to forty million. Whoa! A year. So wow. then that's wrong from Darren. Rubel. That's good negotiation by the league right there. Forty million, forty million for Roger Goodell. Yeah, forty million for to, to get yelled at by everybody. Yelled at by Jerry and get a. Did he get the private jet? I'm sure he did. I'll okay. find out. Uh, we have a few staples on this podcast. Beans, not beef. Never play on turf. Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. And Kyle Shanahan is our favorite coach in the NFL. Oh. And right now, in Kyle Shanahan land, it is all about Jimmy, Jimmy G. G. Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. Joe Montana. Uh, two amazing <laughs> stories about Jimmy Garoppolo that I'd like to share with you. The 49ers were so impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo yesterday, this is from Jim Trotter, after their win, this yep. on Sunday, right. that wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, with other players cheering, offered to get up and give Garoppolo his first row seat on the team bus when Garoppolo boarded. When asked about what Jimmy Garoppolo brings in the locker room, Marquise Goodwin simply pointed at Jimmy Garoppolo and responded, just look at him. That is where they are with Jimmy G. Yeah. He is getting a standing ovation when he walks on the bus. Right. Players are going, look at him. He's our quarterback. That's what a quarterback How can do. How dope is that? That is dope. I mean, 
Uh, I, I mean, like, it's dope. awesome. He came in and he saved the day. I mean, you know, been there for four or five weeks. Probably doesn't even know the full extent of the offense. Probably doesn't really know what Kyle's thinking. Because that's the next thing that really will go on. Their conversations, he's going to be like an extension of Kyle. And Kyle's going to know why, or Garoppolo's going to know why Kyle would want to check against right. this. Or stay into this play when they bring this blitz. Whatever it may be. But, hey, he gave their team a totally different look. We know that. You think, you think Bethard's okay with this? Well, Everyone's worried about the benching of Eli. What about the benching of Beth? Oh, no. These expensive quarterbacks and their fragile minds. Uh, I mean, I think the big, the reason – there's no easy way to put this, so I'm just going to say it. The reason this team loves Jimmy Garoppolo is because they've been watching a third-string quarterback in C.J. Beathard, plain and simple. I mean, my friend might not like that I've said that about yeah, C.J. Beathard, but that's the truth, just though. the truth. He's, he's not quality, and now they're seeing quality, and they're going, holy cow, we're – a different offense. I think what what Kyle Shanahan did was genius. When you start a new job, the mm-hmm. first few months, you don't want to show all your potential because right. then you have to operate at that. So you put in C.J. Beathard and you suck for like the first ten games, and now all of a sudden, man, the momentum going into are the you, off season. Are you yeah. suggesting that's actually no? What, okay, I'm just making sure. Come on, Danny Young, Niner Nation, iTunes. Hey boys, love the show. Listen to all three shows every week as soon as they come out. Never change. What up, D Young? We won't change. Question for Sims: Is Garoppolo the future of the Niners? And more importantly, is Trent Taylor a white boy supreme? Oh, he is a white boy supreme. Let's end that discussion right now. And Jimmy Garoppolo is the future of the 49ers. Damn. Um, again, I, I got a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, one, he has talent. I think he has the type of talent that fits the Shanahan scheme. Uh, he's certainly going to be detailed, professional, understand what it's like to be a franchise quarterback on a day-to-day basis because he's got to sit there and watch Tom Brady and be in New England, which and he forces looks you amazing in the jersey. He, I mean, he, he looks the part. That goes into it too. I was having this discussion with people in the kitchen on right. Sunday. I said, "You know what Sims always says? Yeah, that you that good quarterbacks are attractive, right?" And you believe that. I mean, I think good players are attractive usually. That's my thing, right? I so mean, then I, do you just say people like Peyton Manning are an outlier? Well, yeah. Occasionally there's an outlier out there. Yes. He's not exactly your alpha male handsome guy. So you legitimately... But yes, I do. You legitimately believe there is a direct correlation. The more attractive you are, the better you can be. I mean, be. It's, it's not fun. 100%, but if you go Tom Brady, Odell Beckham Jr., Jalen Ramsey, I don't really care. You look through it. Yes, I but just... But hold on. It's not about their attractiveness... Necessarily, it's more about how they look in the jersey. No, no, I'm actually saying they're oh, like actual, they're good. Like, he they're, says the makeup yeah. of their okay. face when he I think if you saw, look at most stars and you look at their face, pro sports, they're usually pretty handsome guys. I'll okay. never forget the draft two years ago <laughs> I mean, when we is... saw what Brashad Perryman looked like. Right. Sims went, I don't think he's going to be good. And I went, why? He goes, he's kind of an ugly guy. <laughs> That was what Sim said. <laughs> you know, for all the good analysis I, that you provide, every now and then it's like got to be simple. The most unscientific right. thing you've right. ever offered. Hit us right. up on Twitter or Instagram <laughs> at Sims and Lefko. With yeah. Ugly stars. Yeah, ugly good NFL players. Yeah, and we're gonna sure. Have there's Sims a few of them out there. Like Fletcher Cox is probably gonna fall into the. No, he's not ugly. I uh, think Fletcher Cox is kind of cute. He's good for the big like Shrek kind of yes. way. Yes, I understand. You know, Julian Lord Edelman, Lord whatever. Sapp. Wait, Sap is. Was Sap a good looking guy? <laughs> For for a big fatty, I think he's like in that Fletcher Cox area where yeah they're kind of like for a three hundred and five pound fatty. Yes, uh, for everyone to know, for our pick show for week fourteen, one we are having Warren Sapp 
and Sims has been texting him, and it's going to become a new staple. Yes. We're going to do fill-in time with Warren Sapp. We haven't thought of a new name for a segment, so we're going to give him the same segment title as Phil Sims. Well, he just texted me, and I told him that you were, said you, we're both going to ask you one question, and then we want you to we want you to rant about one thing that bothers said. you from the previous week or a media theme from the week. And he wrote, LOL, whatever, brudda. Yeah. Yeah, so he's down. Uh, and also, I am going to have a surprise for you tomorrow. A present. Oh, a surprise. Can't tell you, though. Okay. Are you nervous? No. Good. Uh, so we had great quotes about Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's talk about our other guy, Aaron Rodgers. I would like Josh to read this quote from rookie running back Jamal Williams <clears throat> about seeing Aaron Rodgers back at practice. <laughs> let's, quote, hear, let's hear Jamal Williams talk about Aaron Rodgers at practice. Quote, that boy, he came back and he just flicked it, running back Jamal Williams said. Quote, I was like, dang. I was like, wow. Are you sure that man is injured? I was like, that is far. I couldn't even do that on my good day. I mean, he flicked it. I feel like he didn't even throw it. He just flicked it, end quote. <laughs> and that is rookie Jamal Williams about seeing Aaron Rodgers at practice. Clearly very impressed. <laughs> Clearly. He Aaron, just flicked it. I don't know anybody that hasn't watched Aaron Rodgers physically that doesn't just, you know, in awe. I mean, it's just it's drooling all over themselves. It, it's, it's like watching, you know, Michael Jordan in his prime hit a fadeaway J, whatever it may be. It's that status, yes. Yeah, I just I love that quote, and yeah. he's just completely shocked. It's amazing. I mean, there's two instances we're seeing quarterbacks that are – you know, special or have the look. You know, Jimmy G's not there yet. Yeah, but it may, it brings it me back. Shows I, you the confidence it gives a team. I want to get Malcolm Jenkins on this show because right. if you'll remember, I was there when the Eagles traded Sam Bradford to the Vikings. Oh, yeah. I was at right. Malcolm Jenkins' house, right. and he was so pissed yeah. because he was like, "I am coming. Like I'm a vet. I want to win now." And I would love to know what he thinks now of Carson Wentz. Yeah, sure. we gotta we gotta find a way to get him on. Yeah, let's get him good. on, good old Jersey guy. I'll call him. So the one thing we need to talk about now is what happened on Monday Night Football, and this will lead us into Phil Sips coming onto the podcast. Uh, some updates. George Iloka, his suspension has been rescinded. Good. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's suspension has been upheld. Good. Uh, let me just go through what happened for everyone that didn't see it, and if you didn't, I'm sure you've been seeing it on social media or on ESPN. Uh, Monday Night Football, early on the game, Ryan Shazier was making a tackle. As he went down to the ground, it looked like his entire body came out. Uh, body gave out. We came back from commercial. Sean McDonough told us that his bottom half of his body did not move at all. We have been kind of paying attention to that. He has since tweeted out that he's doing somewhat okay, but we do not know the details yet yeah, right. of how he's doing. Mm -hmm. Later on in the game, uh, Vontez Perfect was coming across to try and make a tackle on a receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster leveled him, dove in, shoulder into his chest, knocked him out, and stood over him. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the game, might have been the same drive. Antonio Brown caught a touchdown, and George Iloka dove helmet-to-helmet, 15-yard helmet, penalty, right. and it was crazy. Right. Let me go to you first from facts, yeah. and I'm going to give my opinions. Okay. Number one, uh, f first of all, I hope Ryan Chazier is okay. Yeah, of course we do. There is no debating that. That's the scariest thing for any football player. It's the thing that is number one in your mind. Your fearful. body just gives it's, out. It's The spinal cord injury is the number one thing that scares all players because that's when shit gets personal. I don't yes. care. You know, we're soldiers and we're tough, whatever. You start to think of the guy's personal life as he's sitting there going, damn, his poor wife. Damn, I hope he's not in a wheelchair. And it starts to make you think about your personal life as well. Did you believe that the Juju Smith-Schuster uh, should have been a penalty? 
We'll just start off with the base. Yes. Do you believe that Juju should have been suspended one game? Yes. Ben came out and said Gronk should get a harder, harsher punishment than Juju. Yes. That's what everyone's talking about right now is how does Juju get one game right. and Gronk gets one game. That's a justifiable So question. your issue there isn't with Juju. You still believe Juju should be suspended, but maybe Gronk should have gotten more. I just more. think the Juju Smith-Schuster thing, yeah, I, I think like this. It wasn't like it was still within the confines of football, right? The guy was there not far from Le'Veon Bell running the football. Now, but we got to get that play out of our league because it is barbaric, okay? The crackback block. The crackback jump up and his crown of his helmet hits him in the chin, okay? To do that at that level when all you needed to do is really just stand there or just give a little shoulder shrug and you're going to knock him to the ground with the way he's running at you. George Iloka, you did not think was a personal foul penalty. Or you did not think was a suspension. I don't think it's a suspension. He's being suspended like... He's being fined like thirty-five thousand dollars. Well, this is where my issue with that play comes in. First of all, it's it's oh, I, this is where I really feel bad for defensive players. Uh, your whole job, your whole week, is being told separate the man from the ball. Separate. Don't let anybody come across the middle and make a play. Okay, it's the biggest fucking play of the game. Refs and NFL fucking people over the NFL office. Oh, well, what was he supposed to do? Give him the two hand touch to not let him score the game winning or game tying fucking touchdown. That's what drives me crazy. So now he's going to lose $35,000 on a play. Well, what do they want him to do? Just dive and maybe throw his hand out there and, oh, oh you caught it. Oh, darn. I mean, this is the play where, yes, we don't want it. I get it. And we're trying to clean it up. And players are doing their best. But for him to lose $35,000 on that, I do have an issue with that. When you're being coached, and this is the part of the game where I wish they would just go, listen. We'd hear the receivers say it all the time. I'd rather you hit me in the head. You're right. Okay. So this then is where legs, let's sign the waiver, everybody. So you come I, across the middle, and it's a natural football play. And I'm not talking about like the ball goes 40 yards over his head or bounces three right. times, and then you get leveled. This was bam, bam. I caught the ball right. to win, tie the game. I have one more question before yeah. I give you my three big takeaways from this. Uh, what was Juju supposed to do? Because Vontez was running directly at him. Was he supposed to act like a basketball player and back up with him? Right. Was he supposed to block him gently? Yeah, yeah. Because That's why I just said just he didn't have to launch. All he had to do was stand there and lower his shoulder or just give a shoulder shrug. But when, when he got close and he knew, you know, I know he says he didn't know it was 55, but I, I find that hard to believe, especially yes. when his boys are Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. They do the three-man celebration touchdown every week together, so they're boys. And then Antonio and Brown, after the game, was yelling karma, karma right, in the locker room. Right, and I get that. It's hard. I I, I, this is not the group that's going to feel bad for Vontez Burfecht, and Vontez Burfecht, it is karma. He's yes. done this to a lot of players. I have. But, but, yeah, but yeah. the last thing is just saying, like, yeah, he didn't have to – see him coming, squat down, and then just absolutely explode mm. launch into his upper chest chin isn't area. Isn't that a defense mechanism, though? Like, well, isn't, I, but, but, but yeah, I, don't you want to throw yourself? Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to throw yourself and launch at his lower part of his head. Okay. And plus, in this day and age, first of all, too, the, it, the game is bigger, faster, more violent than ever. And this is the part of the game that moms and dads are watching and go, damn, I don't want my little boy to play this sport. Damn. So, so here's my big so thing. So that's one, where we got to get it out. Like, just block him. Yeah. You don't have to one, kill him. Let's admit this. Right. The Ryan Shazier injury, if that never happened, we would not be debating as much the Juju hit and the Aloka hit. Why? Because the, the Shazier injury brought morality back into football. Oh, okay. It was the instant realization of, oh, no, this can hurt them. I'll get to that in a second. Here are my three big things. One. I think that's his fault. I'm fascinated by the dynamic 
of Juju and Perfect. Right. Juju, to me, one, his name is Juju. Yeah. Two, he's a rookie. Three, he lost his bicycle. Four, he's been the celebration king. Five, he's been a darling. Right. Vontez Perfect is the Debo of the NFL. He is the bad boy bully that just got knocked the hell out by Craig, the really good rookie, fresh face that everyone loves. Got that off di- the stretcher and wanted to come back in. To me, it is so fascinating because it is hard to make Vontez Perfect the victim. Yeah. It's very hard to have sympathy right. and empathy for right. Vontez Perfect. It is. And we've rooted for Juju all year. So that dynamic, the fact that it was him hitting him, was fascinating. Yeah. Number two, I do not think I've seen a worse PR hit in an evening for one league. This was the worst thing for football I can ever tell you. Let me say it to you without players' names. Yeah. What if I told you that in one game, one of the top three contenders for Defensive Player of the Year may have been paralyzed on the field, then... We had announcers of the NFL on a game in which it was the only thing being played saying the phrases, sickening, I hate this type of football, and shame on him, degrading the play of the league and further enforcing how tough and dangerous this game is. Mm -hmm. And then you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback after the game have the quote, plays like this make you evaluate things. I hope my son plays golf. That's what Ben said. Think about those three things in one night. A star might not walk again. The announcers say it's disgusting. And then a quarterback comes out and says, I want my son to play golf. And then the star receiver gets hit in the head, too, to even add a. And then Antonio Brown's on the field and we're worried about concussions. For me, the NBA just went. Mic drop. That was, I thought, all of those things. That was the worst thing ever. And the third thing that I have is a question that, oddly enough, Fendrick and I had for each other on a walk to lunch last week. Okay. How can I root for football anymore when all I think about when I see big hits is CTE? When that hit happened with Juju Smith-Schuster, I tweeted out, holy crap, what a hit. Right. And I immediately got all these tweets going, how can you be so callous? This is insane. What about the brain damage? I wasn't thinking about any of that shit. I think what Sims always thinks is these guys know what they've signed up for. They know it. And honestly, when a guy gets hurt, I am so grateful for the fact that they are playing this game so hard and risking everything for my entertainment. So I actually think it's super, like, not... It's like not appreciative to immediately go, you hit him like that, and now you're not going to be able to walk in. Like, this sport is so stupid. Like, no, we need to appreciate these guys for putting themselves in this situation and risking their lives for us. Yes. Now, I get it with Juju because you're going, Vontez didn't sign up to be to have his clock cleaned, blindsided yeah. like that. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I still reacted. Like, how can I root for this sport anymore if I immediately have to think about long term CTE? All right, but you don't. Stop thinking about that. You've heard the 112 worst horror stories of guys that donated their heads because donated their brains or their families donated their brains because they went off the edge as far as some of their mental capabilities or they committed suicide. So you have the worst case scenarios. We're going to talk to dumbass Phil Sims here in a minute who had no rules protecting him and he can talk. He can't shut him up. But this is the di- the dilemma I know. for new NFL fans. I know. Me and him. I mean, right. you feel it all the time. Right? Yeah, I do feel it all the time. And I, not to go back to the Rutgers game, but they, Eric Legrand was at the game last night. And they bring him in in the wheelchair. They sit him right behind the court. And I look at the guy and I'm like, 
shit, like, how am I supposed to watch these games when he's paralyzed it's playing just, football it's for Rutgers? Really I know. It's really conflicting. I, 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 I get it. Because I love Ronnie Lott. I love Jacked Up. Right. I love the big hits. Right. And I still think they're fucking cool. Yes. I still want to cheer. Well, that's great. Cheer. But don't cheer on the ones that, like, a cracked back block like that. He could have done differently. He could have just exploded into his stomach or chest. Whatever I think it may that have if Shazier didn't get hurt and Juju didn't stand over him, yeah. I don't think Juju would be suspended. When you stand over a guy, it implies intent. It, it yeah. implies that, that he was planning. He was yeah. waiting for it. Yeah. But if he didn't stand over him, I do not think he'd be suspended. I hear you. The Shazier thing. See, now it's not like that was a grossly violent tackle. That was just part that was of his hit. fault in yes. lowering his head, right? And he just got caught in the wrong spot with his head down, and then he hit it right on the guy's hip. So, what would you say to NFL fans out there that are like, "I want to root for big hits, but I don't want people to think I'm a fucking don't monster." Look, d- root for big hits, but don't root for mercenary big hits where a guy has. No idea it's coming, and then he gets launched at his head out of nowhere when he's 15 or five yards from the play or whatever. He's has no effect. I thought he hit him it. in the chest. So he did. I thought Juju hit him in the chest. He did not. Did you? I just saw this on Bleacher Report a little yeah. bit earlier. The NFL is considering uh, starting a target rule because of Monday Night Football, similar to college football. They're going to kick guys. So the, my issue with the whole thing, too, now, George Ioloka, like, I don't even know where they go with that. I just don't even – it's so unfair to me. I don't understand where they're going to go with that. Um, we need to call my dad, by the way. Yeah, let's call him. But But I, I – Give Big Phil a call. It almost makes Fire you think the team that's... needs to be suspended, too. It's not fair to take it away from the player when the coaches are all saying the – like, I just, I just don't know. And as we're calling him, look at this. This is, is what this I want Gronk both of you play? to see. This is Gronk play. Okay, so here we are on film. Okay. Now look, he's pissed because he did get he got pass interfered yeah. with, no doubt. And he gets up and he rips off his chin strap because he's going, damn, why wasn't there pass interference? But now there's Tredavious White. Yeah, he's half of his body is on out of bounds. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry, I picked up. I'll let, call back. Woo! No, no, no. What's it's up, okay. Mom? How, How are, are you? you? How are you, Mrs. Sims? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, we're so good. I have a question. Is it hard to watch like the really big tackles in the NFL, or do you kind of enjoy it? When they hit each other hard, um, give your honest answer, mom. Um, well, I I don't want anybody to get hurt, right? But I like tackling. Yeah, yeah. yes, she I does. Agree. She's old school. She's an '80s wife. Yeah, Mrs. Sims gets it. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that that was the way to put it, mom. All right. So we should call back, or do you just want to like yell for him? No, no. You <laughs> better please out in the office waiting. Uh, All okay. right. Okay. All right. We'll call we'll back. We'll call back. All right, bye. Bye. Right, bye. Bye. Bye, Mrs. Sims. bye, mom. Bye. I want some Lunchables. But, all right, so run it back for us, yeah. Steinmetz. Run it back one more time, Steiny. All right, so he's kind of still in the play field. No, yeah. Well, I mean, his upper oh, so body is out of tackling. bounds. I mean, he's out of bounds, dude. Okay, but he could have reached down and just touched him. He's And he's already been touched, and he saw the guy touch him, too. Right, so what are you trying to show us? Then? I'm just saying that that was as... When I watched it on film, it's just dirtier than I expected on oh, TV. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were trying to explain this it. angle. No. Is... So, how many games should Gronk have been? Gronk should have got two games at least. He really should have. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to suspend Juju Smith-Schuster for a play that kind of went in within the confines of football, right? I don't think that Juju should have gotten the same amount of games as Gronk diving at the back of Jordavius White's head or Mike Evans diving into the back of Marshawn Lattimore. Agreed. I thought that both of those were more egregious. Agreed. It's just, but this is the NFL. It is. The it's rules are the always freaking random. Well, first of all, Tom Coughlin would find both of you. Well, we called. We talked to the cooler. No, no, no. You're still late. <laughs> Tom Wait, Coughlin, you, don't you, run this. Did you hear you the? Know, who picked up the phone? Di- Dirty Diana Sims. 
I mean, you know, come on, you've lived in his house, son. She wouldn't pick up the phone if she was one foot away from him. I don't know. You, you've said that twice in three did weeks. You, so. did it's you? okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I know I repeated myself. I'm not that old. I know what I'm saying. See, said he doesn't before. have CTE. There's a perfect yeah, example. You I there told you. Hold <laughs> on. Oh, did you hear the phone <laughs> ring and then it stopped and you went, oh, my wife picked it up? Yeah, I, I can't believe he it. He went, gosh yeah, damn it, Diana. Somebody, please pick up the phone. You know. Gosh uh, damn it, Diana. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, you know you got me down. That was pretty good, Adam. No, that, uh, that was, was Chris. Me. That was Chris. Oh, is that Christopher? Oh, that was sorry. Christopher. Okay. Uh, Phil, so the eternal question we're asking right now is, I love big hits. I love Ronnie Lott. And now I'm conflicted because I know what happens to these guys long term. And Monday night, I'm not going to lie, I was sitting there going, this game is kind of awesome. It's physical and it's crazy. And then afterwards, I feel guilty about feeling that way. And I'm just kind of asking for advice. What do you think? How should I watch football now? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I'm conflicted, too. You know, of course, uh, it was played that way, but we got too much research, and we know too much now to let it continue. Right. So I'm going to go that way. Okay. And, and, you know, was Iloka's hit, was that retaliation? I don't know. Was he quick enough in thinking that, yeah. that drive? And that was a big play? Like, what's he supposed to do? That's my problem there. I mean, he's being coached to f- separate the ball from the receiver all week, and it's the biggest play of the game. Yes, listen. I understand, yeah. and I know. Yeah. And, you know, Ray Lewis, it's a good thing on Showtime there's a desk between me and him. Uh, because <laughs> Not that he was really mad, but he was just saying, look, that's that's what you have as a defender. Your physical presence when you're a linebacker and a defensive back is so much about who you are as a team. He he explained it extremely well. Right. And I went, wow. He goes, that's that's our main weapon, that you got to worry about me as you cross the field that I'm going to hit you. Right. And so I understand that. But, you know, the long term, the physical well-being, all those other things, at this stage of, of life and where we are in football uh, – that has to outweigh the other part. And does it hurt the defenders? Yes. But you know what? We just got to live with it. And, and you know, these big hits, we see more of them now than maybe ever before. And why would that be? Because the players are bigger and stronger now than ever okay, before. they are. But what else, my little geniuses? Tell me. Well, what, what else? Is it the confidence <laughs> in the helmet and padding technology? No, you know, everybody says that. You know, if you took the helmets off these NFL players, they'd still stick their head in there because they want to keep their job and they want to play, and it's they're men who want to, you know, they love the game and love to be physical. Is it because millennials just li- Go ahead, why? The whole makeup of the game, and we spread the field more and more, so now we're giving defenders, instead of getting five yards, we're going to give you 20 to run full speed, and now what happens? Right, and big collisions. Me, that right. is one of the biggest things that we're seeing. So because they have more ground to cover, it's more ground to pick up speed to deliver that hit Absolutely. instead of playing in a phone That's booth. A, listen, I, you, you can see it all over the field in many, many plays every single week. I watch these defensive backs, safeties, and linebackers who are – you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago would be fast running backs. Right. And hmm. and you give them time and just take a great middle linebacker as speed or safety. And there's an outside throw now, one of those bubble screens. They come across the field so fast. Oh, man. If anybody gets in their way, they blow him up and the receiver. And, um, you know, they're used to seeing it. But 
We're seeing downsizing of a lot of linebackers in the NFL. Why? Because they just want more speed. Pass, pass, to pass. cover more ground because we spread the field more because we changed the rules. And now the NFL is more about passing the football. And, you know, we want to make sure it's exciting, yep. get more scoring. Yep. So this is some of the effects you get. Big Phil, in their prime, LT or Reggie White? Well, you know, I can't answer that. Why? Well, because Lawrence was one of my good friends. They're both your good friends. They were both great players. I never got to play against Lawrence. But Lawrence ran by me one day in practice. And, you know, of course, he would have sacked me if it was real. And as he was walking back, I looked at him. He goes, man, I just want to hit you once. (laughs) (laughs) We do it, you know. So, um, but Reggie White was the best defensive player I ever played against. And, of course, had to face. And you know what? I was talking to somebody earlier today. When you have a great defensive player, what do you do? Just like an offense, you find ways to, to, to give him chances to make plays. And Buddy Ryan was yeah. awesome at it. You were not going to be able to double-team Reggie White right? because he lined up everywhere, and he was going to be single-blocked every time, and he was going to hit the quarterback. I don't care what you did. Right. That is really the sign. Good coaching is putting your best players in different positions. Right. We see it with yeah. wide receivers. Yeah. We see it with defensive linemen. Time. I watch Khalil Mack, you know, and, and yeah. think about him. He's a terrific, and that's why I came up. I was talking about him at the Raiders with, with a friend of mine. And I just go, man, put him in spots where he can just beat somebody one-on-one. Right. You know, yeah. when you want to double-team him, there he is. We can do it. We'll chip him and all this. We, we, you know, we've talked about Michael more. Bennett for years. Michael Bennett was that guy for years. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of ambushing the interview with your dad. Do you have a question? No, no, that's, that's okay, all right. But you know what? That's what coaching does. Coaching is really huge in the NFL yeah. as much as any sport because it can take really good players who have the talent and a coach can turn them into a star. Well, all right. So th- th- you're on Reggie. So just talk about Reggie for a minute because people are going to like to listen to it. like. All right. So when you drop back and you played the Eagles, like when you said set hut and you started your drop back, did you take a little peek at Reggie coming around the edge to see what kind of get off he got? What did he? You know, you, the dead weight rule on the quarterback is because Reggie sacking you. I believe he sacked you more than any quarterback in his his in his career. But well, like, that's a great stat to bring up, son. Yeah, no problem. But, yeah, I mean, what was it like playing no, it against him? And then what would he say to you he after he – hit me in 1988 right. at Giant Stadium. Right. And um, he got me, put his arms around me. I couldn't move either arm. Right. And I went down, shoulder first, and Big Reggie was laying arms and feet straight out in the air. Oh. And he just – well, I called it. He dead fished me. He was going to flatten me. Right. Did you break and your clavicle? He was great at it. He separated my shoulder. I had Ooh. to leave the game, and we ended up losing. Right. And uh, so, but they changed that rule in 1995 is when they took it out. But I can say this with 100% honesty. I never peeked at him one single time as I dropped back. Good really? Not once. Because I don't know. It's just, look. It's like when I have a narrow lead in fantasy uh, on Monday really? night. I don't look and see if they're I, catching oh, up. His, right, his tackles must have been better because I peaked at Julius Peppers all the time. <laughs> uh, Phil, I have one last I question for you. As the, as the game went along, and we were just, hey, punishment was just part of life. Yeah, yeah. back then they just took it. all the time, you know, stand in there and take the hit. And uh, now they say, don't take the hit. You know, uh, why didn't somebody tell me that? During yeah, my- Phil, right. I need you to unload your Adam Schefter notebook. What do you know about the Giants right now? Come on. 
Oh, I don't know anything. What kind yeah. of guy are they looking for, do you think? You know you know the Maris. Do you think they want an old guy? you think they want a young guy? you think they want a guy with experience? Like, where well, do you think what's old? You know, they're not going to go out and hire some 60-year-old coach. That's okay. Sure. What, a guy, that, that, guy that's been a head coach. That. I think it comes down to two things. You know, First off, let me ask you, Adam. Okay. I'm happy you, to answer you it for you. You're a great fan and everything. You're up here in the Northeast. Yep, I'm a what, genius. When you think of the Giants and their history, what do you think of? Uh, being worse than the Eagles. No, I think about, I think about. Uh, look, I always hear the Maras want to do it the right way, and it's about respect. And I guess I think about, you know, long-term good quarterback play, a good pass rush. Oh, um, base, come on, man. What in history? All the bill part. It's it's about defense. Man, we're going to be big and tough. Yeah. We play in New York. We're in the Northeast, and it's about defense. So. I, I would never count that out when I think about them hiring a coach. Mm. So do you want to get back to that, or are we going to be old? Oh, what would you, you do? Know, worry about the offense. So, they, they, of course, they can go either way. What would you do, I Phil? I think of the New York Giants playing for them, of course, for all those years, and you know, learning and playing a lot of times to our defense, and you know, kind of taking back away from us to help our defense at times or whatever. But that's what I think of. You know, that's what I think of New York. That's what I think of the Giants. Sam Huff. I mean, all the guys through the years and and especially our era, it was about defense and everything else kind of was uh, catered to help that defense. Right. So that could be one way or, you know, I'm not dodging the question. I don't know. I think it's, it can go anywhere. That's But I will say this. Oh. Here we go. Okay, here we go. The coach and general manager, I said it on Showtime last night, I think they have to be married. They both have to kind of be hired together, and they have to stay together on the same page. Christopher, you guys know that general managers, if things go bad, what do they say? What they, are they telling everybody in the front office? They, well, well, they're blaming the coaches, usually, well, behind closed doors. right there. Well, right. Hey, we're drafting great players, yeah. and we're getting them all this talent, right. and we've scouted them, and we're right, and um, – you know, it's the coach's fault. Yeah, yeah. And that's ex- so. Then you get division. So the coach and the general manager got to be together and picking the players, and they got to live and die with the results. And and you know, come in together and go out together. Yep. And and that's so that puts a lot of pressure on both. Puts a lot of pressure on the general manager to make sure he's really in step in step with the coach and exactly what the coach needs as he coaches his football team his way. So Phil. That's one of my pet peeves because, you know, I know you guys hear it. I hear it all the time. Yeah. There's a great um, article in Bill Walsh's book, or not article, page or chapter, about the whole workings of all that. And it kind of goes into just exactly that. Sims, I'll tell you what, man. You could be my – what about I'm the GM, you're the coach? You down? We can take over the Giants, flip this no, thing? No, no, no. I don't want to coach. Nope. Nope. All right. Well, oh, can't do it. I'll go in with Sit Christopher. Then. And, you know, I just, uh, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm doing. All right. So, good. You know, Boomer Which really is yelling wants at me us. to get a job with the Giants. Boomer does. Oh, sure. He wants to get rid of me. <laughs> and he's just like, please hire this guy. <laughs> no, Boomer. I'm going to try to remain um, a thorn in your side as long as possible. Good. So, All right. So you're we're done with you. You're done with me? We're done with you. I like how y'all in these. Hey, all right, we're done with you, and then you hang up. So good. <laughs> all right. Uh, great talking to you, Adam. Hey, you too. I'll see you later, man. S- see you, Dad. All see right. you, guys. <laughs> He's not going to coach the Giants, huh? <laughs> no, he doesn't. We can rule that out.
Okay. No, he 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 thought about coaching at the end of his career. I mean, like people thought that you know again yeah. the Al Davis story from last year or whatever when people were like, yeah, sure. I can remember that happening. Al Davis right? calling your dad? And my dad being on the phone with him for like two straight days, for like four hours each time. To possibly coach the Giants. That's what he did to, to Warren Sapp. To coach Sapp. the Raiders, yeah. Oh, to coach the, that's what he did yeah. to Warren Sapp. Yeah. He was like, I'm not getting off the phone until Warren Sapp's a Raider. thought he might go work for Bill Parcells when he was at the Jets. He, and You guys are talkers, not coaches. That was a, yeah, I would just, it's, it's hard, especially, I mean, he was like me. It was just a young family, and do you want to do that? Speaking of suspension, so Marcus Peters was suspended yeah. uh, for one game for kind of leaving the field. Right. Uh, how Marcus Peters was Jalen Ramsey last year. Yeah. Marcus Peters was number one in the Chris Sims cornerback rankings, and I've never seen a guy fall off this fast. Yeah, it's well, the defense stinks right now. The pass rush, there's none of that there as well. Uh, you know, it, he's not being attacked. He's still really good. There's, yeah. there's no doubt about that. He's dangerous, but he's got to change some of his approach in general anyways. Like playing off and being able to look Ugh. at the receiver and also look at the quarterback and do that. Yeah, that's great, and you're scary that way, Marcus Peters, but every now and then you got to get in people's faces and try to disrupt their release and do something along those lines as well. Imps uh, has a qu- uh, iTunes comment about yeah. suspensions. If a team suspends a player, would the league still su- suspend him or add on to it. For example, if Del Rio suspended Crabtree for one game, would the league have added to that, or would they have stuck with the suspension from the Raiders? Oh, I, I think the league would still have to do it from their end, right? Just because you're not following the rules. And it's then a, you have the Jimmy Smith situation where he gets busted for PEDs and then tears his Achilles and goes, oh, no, no, I'm just going to take that suspension now yeah, instead can, of going on the IR. But can they do that? I think so. They, so they're going to save a roster spot for him? I think last? so. Are they really? Wow, that's, the suspension. that's interesting. I mean, again, the PED thing, you know that really pisses oh, me yeah. off. They need to make it public. They need to embarrass guys. You're fucking cheating. Sorry. You are fucking cheating. Yeah. Uh, let us get to some of Sims' film breakdown. Ooh. Sims' film breakdown. Dude, dude, it's cold as shit in here. You have... Better than when it was hot in I don't know. I kind of like it slot. He was still sweating. It's, I'm always you like sweating. it what? Uh, kind of slot? Is that what I said? Yeah, slot. Uh, oh, yeah, I slot. like it actually warm. Was that a combination of sweaty and hot? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Jets Chiefs, you wrote, Riva still can't and won't tackle, right. but I've never seen you more upset with coaching decisions oh as you were gosh. with the Jets. Oh Tyreek Hill should have broken the NFL record for receiving yards. It's comical. Did the Jets watch film? I, I don't know what the Jets were doing on defense. The Jets literally lined up the first play of the game, and I would have was like, what? Like, I would be. I was literally like, "This is the one defense I wouldn't play to start the game right here." Oh yeah, Morris Claiborne in the face of Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill won't be able to run by him. Coach, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, it was just insane. The coverages. It was man to man bump, and it was quarters coverage, which quarters can a lot of the times worst becomes for crossers. Or crossers, deep posts, go yeah. routes. You can end up singling out the corner, and he ends up playing like man-to-man. That's why it's so hard to predict games, because you go, well, we know the Jets will be smart and won't play man-to-man on Tyree Kill. I mean, we'll sit here with Buster's screen and go, oh, you're afraid of Tyree Kill's speed, and then they won't do that. And then they do it. They do it. It reminded me the same of the Eagle Seahawks. He missed. Well, the one thing you're not going to do is blitz Russell Wilson and play man to man. And then they do that. Yeah, I know. I, I don't, just don't know what these coaches are thinking. I don't sometimes. know either. And there's there's reason. It's not like they're idiots. But I, I just, you I mean we watched Kansas City struggle against certain type defenses for the last six weeks, and they said. Well, fuck those struggles. We're going to make them struggle more. We're going to play this. What? Alex Smith should have thrown for 500 yards. I know everybody's going to look at it and go, what a day. 135 
uh, rating and 19 for 33 and 366 and 14. Yeah. I'm just telling you, if Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Chiefs, it would have been 31 of 33 for 600 yards, and they would have scored 70 points. He missed them a lot? He missed them, or he doesn't want to throw it, or oh. whatever it may be. So even when Alex Smith plays well, it he was did. all game long. People wide open everywhere. Wow. Everywhere. Indy Jacksonville. And the Jets, the Chiefs defense is embarrassing, too. Of course it is. I mean, holy crap. You wrote, the Colts secondary is full of cast-offs and fuck-ups, which I really enjoyed. (laughs) Uh, And then you said, you actually gave a little blueprint to how to attack Jacksonville's defense. Yeah. Only way to make life hard on the Jags, D, is to stay patient with the run. They play an eight-man box, but they're making pass defense calls. It's really only to scare you. Right. Interesting. It is interesting. So you have to just run it at them. I've done that before. But, yes, I do. I think it's the one way you can slow them down. Like we saw, I'm trying to pull up their schedule. Well, the Seahawks can't do that. No, the Seahawks can't do that. But they have the jack of all trades with yeah. uh, Mr. Russell Wilson. I mean, uh, the, the thing that I think jumps out to me, not not only that game, but the Arizona game the week before, didn't Arizona ran the ball a lot as well? At least yes. they kept the temps up. Yeah, Peterson but, didn't do anything, but he was running the yeah, ball Yeah, he a lot. didn't do anything. Exactly right. But I think the, the thing I look at more than yeah, anything. Yeah, I saw is, Frank Gore getting some pushes. They did. Well, and Marlon Mack broke yeah. a big run, too. Uh, I think the thing that, that that is, yes, they play eight-man front, so they try to scare you with the bodies. And you go, well, we're not going to run the ball into an eight-man front. Let's yes. let's throw let's throw it. But they're really calling a pass defense, and they're calling pass rush stunts up front too, within that eight-man front. Going, right. they're not going to run it to the eight-man front. Uh, we you went back and watched the film. Uh, Rob back. Gronkowski was he actually held a lot? Yes, constantly. I mean, on that play, he was pass interference twice, so I understand his frustration. He was literally held off the line of scrimmage, got away, started running, made his break, and got held and pushed again to the ground. So he complained after the game, it's just crazy, and you agree with him? I, with that game, certainly, yes. Now, listen, Gronk... He We're all, not talking about his play. I, I just know. want to know if he got held yeah, a lot. Yeah, he got held a lot. He got held a lot. Now, listen, he's a guy that also gets away with a lot of like shoulder throws and elbow throws, too, as he's getting... So he, he can't always cry wolf. Yeah. But yes, it was ridiculous in that game. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to do some investigation. Yeah, a, little in, a little inventory. A little inventory. Baltimore, Detroit. Flacco threw the ball great, stepped into throws. Yes. And you underlined that. Yeah, because ever since he hurt his knee at the end of two years ago, that was my issue with him last year. He wasn't always stepping Flat into throws. Flacco. Flat-footed. If he wanted to throw at the ball at 12 o'clock, he would step at 9 o'clock to throw yeah. it to 12 o'clock because he was afraid of that front knee uh. being hit or whatever it may be. He was aggressive in mindset, and it was fun to watch them. They actually threw the ball down the field. Yes. Has he not been doing that all season this year? No, they've been way too dink and dunk and trying to control Ugh. the game that way. And Throws yes, he hasn't back. thrown it great. Uh, not the capabilities of which Joe Flacco can. You said Dean Pease called an amazing game. They don't really have pass rushers, but he always dials up something. And yeah. you said the Lions, with Jimmy Smith out, began attacking Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. And that could be something that to watch for. I think it is. I mean, as soon as he came out of the game, they went right over to Marlon Humphrey, and they made a few plays on him. Uh, now, Marlon Humphrey got the interception at the end to kind yeah. of close it out when Stafford got hurt on his Has arm he been good? Humphrey? He's good. Better than you expected, maybe? Mm, I, it's, the jury's still out. Okay. He's had, he looks great physically. 
I still think the issue of him playing the ball, like we said in college, is an issue. You wrote in terms of the Eagles-Seahawks, Eagles let them off the hook, and that spying the quarterback is stupid against Russell Wilson. Well, it's, the spies are stupid. That's what they are more than time. I wish I, I used could to stand get up so and excited when I heard that my that my team was spying somebody. Right. Or I loved when we had Donovan, and then they would say a linebacker was spying him. And right. I was like, oh, I get to watch that matchup. It just the whole sounds game. cool. It does. But you're telling me it's dumb because of crossing routes and then Russell Wilson, well, the guy spying him, just gets caught. And they can't help it. They're like defense. They're defensive players. Okay, so they're like ball quarterback. Gotta kill him. I gotta kill him. I can't help it. That's literally what and they, they are. And they can't be patient. They can't be patient. It happened in the New England game too. I think I might have even wrote it in the notes there because they spied Tyrod a few times. And they're in position, right? But at some point or another, when Russell's still in the pocket, they go fuck it. I'm getting him. And they see a gap, yes. and they go, I'm gonna shoot the gap. Well, motherfucker, Russell's got two eyes. He sees you coming, <laughs> and he runs away to another gap, Every and then time. they have nobody there to do Every it. Every time. So our, Atlanta made that problem. You guys had that problem. Like I said, New England, they have. you just have to sit there and go, I'm going to stay three yards behind the line of scrimmage, and I'm not going to move until he makes a definitive so, move. So is that going to be Miles Jack this week? It could be, or yeah, or is Telvin back this week? I don't know no, either. No. I don't is, know either. Is that coachable? Can it you, is coachable. Can you teach a guy to not when he sees the first gap to not take it? It can in the case like this, and that's why I, I really think them playing him one time, if they have to play him in the playoffs, is really going to come back to help. Because then they them. show him the tape. Well, they're just going to be like a, like I said on Monday's podcast. You can't replicate what he does in mm. practice. I don't care who your scout team quarterback was, unless you called Michael Vick. There ain't nobody else that can do what he can do. So you've talked about how to attack the Jags' defense. You also said how to attack New Orleans' offense. Can the Saints get open versus good man-to-man defenses? Yes, yeah, I have. I've, it's come up a few times with me uh, throughout the year, and I just think it's something to watch out for because um, it's got to be Ted Ginn, I guess. Well, yeah, and, 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 and you're and right, Kamara. It, it, that's really who it has to be. But yeah, Carolina. When they got down, and then they finally said, you know what, we need to start taking a few chances on defense and things like that. And they played man-to-man, and you know I don't think they're a great man-to-man team, and they don't really want to do it. But yes, New Orleans has a hard time separating, and they had a hard time the week before against the Rams as well out in L.A. That's why the past game struggled. They have a lot of good receivers. They have no guy that really scares you. Willie Sneed is not the same guy he's been in years past. Michael Thomas isn't as good as people think he is in terms of creating space. Yeah, yeah, he's not the guy he's that's going to... a gonna, good receiver. Right, right. If he gets a ball down the field, it's, he's going to be covered, and he's just going to jump up and get it, or Breeze is going to throw a back shoulder. But it's something to watch out for. I think it's interesting. Well, they got the really Falcons, right, this week? That's going to be fun to see. It's going to be really interesting yeah. to see. I actually have the injury report. I'm curious. Let's do a little quick Thursday breakdown. Is Trufant healthy? Uh, Andy Levitre, uh, starting guard for the Falcons, is out. Mm. Um, Andrus Pete is out. Oh, he's definitely out. Wow. Mark Ingram and Lattimore are questionable for Thursday. Uh, against the Falcons. What do you Man, think of those injuries? They're big. I mean, Pete's big. Uh, it, it, it's not as big if Teron Armstead is healthy, right. but he's been so in and out of the lineup. Lattimore's big. You know, again, this Saints defense, it's not fixed. It's its better. It's not fixed. We've seen good pass offenses still move the ball yeah. on them. And Lattimore could help against a guy like Julio. He could do what Xavier Rhodes did. I uh, want to give a quick little nugget here on the Vikings. Oh, by the way, I hey. looked it up. Chet's time of possession versus the Chiefs, 42-49. Longest in a non-overtime game since 2012. Remember we were watching yes. the game? It's... It was 42-49 to like 15. Yeah, or 17, 17. 11. Unbelievable. Right. Um, the Vikings, yeah. Yeah. number one in third down percentage offense, number one in third down percentage defense. Man. 
That says that's that's incredible. It's the biggest down in football. Uh, and then one last nugget is Cam Jordan came out and said, "I don't know any defensive end doing what I'm doing." Yeah. Dennis Allen called him the best all-around defensive end in the league. He has ten and a half sacks, thirteen tackles for losses, seven batted passes. He's going for a different kind of triple double. I saw that. Yeah, that's a, good for him. He, you know, is a guy. I that, wanted to bring him up because I thought he deserved praise. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we've tried to publicize him, and then we probably still don't publicize him enough. Yeah, he's not sexy. And he doesn't look cool in his uniform. Just a blatant ass-kicker on a week-to-week basis. And then Delaney Walker said, I'm very disrespected in this league. Commentators, announcers don't talk about me. I get double and triple coverage. I'm making plays. Nobody talks about that. That drives me. They don't talk about me. That makes me hungry. They talk about Gronk and Kelsey. They don't talk about Delaney Walker. Should does, they be? How does he know who the announcers are talking well, about? <sighs> Is he watching the game from I mean, the they sideline? don't talk because your stats aren't up there with Gronk or, or Travis Kelsey, and it's not because of him, because he is that talented. He's a guy that's been disrespected respected his whole career. I mean, his whole career. Him and Vernon Davis were on that 49ers team together. He was phenomenal uh, in that day. You know, he is phenomenal now. He's the number one target for the Titans offense. And yes, teams double him. He's the number one guy in their pass offense that people go, we got to take him away because that's who Mariota looks for. Guess what? What? It is time for Sims's updated MVP rankings. For the last four weeks, excuse me, three weeks, because we didn't do week 11, because Sims didn't want to do a podcast, because he's selfish sometimes. It has been Russell Wilson. That was Thanksgiving. Russell Wilson at three, Tom Brady at two, Carson Wentz at one, and I'm feeling that this might change this week. We might have the first change in three weeks. I'm shocked that Sims has not found a way to put Aaron Rodgers in this, despite his injury. (laughs) He's so valuable, they're losing. Number three, Brady. Well, so let me just read the current standings. Tom Brady is number one with 23 points. Right. Carson Wentz is number two with 20 points. And then a huge drop-off. Aaron Rodgers is still number three with yeah. seven points. Tom Brady goes from number two to number three. Number three. Wow. wow. Okay. Number two. Number two. Is Carson Wentz. Wow. Yeah, and I your do number it. one MVP guy this week it's Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson. And I don't no do just week to week. Like I, I try to. You got to do it over a sustained time here, and still last, hasn't still hasn't figured it out. The yeah. last six weeks are just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he's he's in Aaron Rodgers territory. It's you know, wow. uh, yeah, he's playing unbelievable football. I mean, I, I don't. I'm picking him to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Are Even, you? Yeah, I'm just well, letting you know. What are you going to cover the spread? I, think, I don't know what the spread <laughs> is, but I, just so you know, I think I picked him to win 15-12 or 15-13. That's what it's going to be. Because when it comes down to it, he's going to make the play. I just don't see anybody. If you guys couldn't contain him, if the Falcons couldn't contain him, then i got to see it to believe it. And as much as you know, I think the Jaguars are amazing. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm paying attention for for Some the Seahawks grass, right now but... is will they continue to spread the ball out and make that their strategy? My biggest issue with the Seahawks last year is they did it against the Patriots and then stopped doing it. Yeah, they it. tried to go back. No, they're going to they're gonna do it. It is time for Celebration Rankings. Woo! Your current leader with the best individual celebration ranking this season is still... Golden Tate's People's Elbow. The number one celebration for team has been the Steelers bench press. Those are the top two celebrations. We have four individuals and four teams trying to upset those two in the Chris Sims decisions. First one up, Jarek McKinnon from Atlanta. Scores against Atlanta and does the Dirty Bird in his hometown homecoming. Number two for individual. That's not going to win. Okay. 
It is Broncos versus Miami and Julius Thomas honoring the Denver Broncos at his time win there. Rode the ball like it was a nasty cowgirl at a bar in which he paid $2 to ride it. And he is, it's kind the of. cowgirl? You mean a mechanical bull? Yeah. Mechanical bull. But you said ride a girl for $2. I don't know. It's okay. just, I found it very intense. I'm, I'm shocked that he didn't get a flag for that. I mean, with his hand it down. It was by very his sexual. And, yeah, a yeah, lot of right. it. Uh, next one Alex Collins finally whipped out the Irish jig. Uh, this is my guy. This is your guy. He taught us this when we went there and he did his Irish line dancing down the, down the uh, end zone there. And then the last one for individual, I threw it in there because I know you're a fan of it. It was on there earlier. It is the Tyreek Hill peace sign. I do love it. As he's running by, he has turned the peace sign into his staple. Yep. And those are I the love three. he turns his head, too, so he doesn't look at anybody to do it. You know he just what turns I mean? around. Because that was the close thing. Number one for the week. Jerick McKinnon, Dirty Bird, Julius Thomas, Cowgirl, Alex Collins, Irish Jig, Tyreek Hill, peace sign. Number one. Tyreek Hill, peace sign. Wow. Number one, Tyreek Hill, peace sign. Or Golden Tate People's Album. Are you sure you didn't miss some this week? I don't know. I have some teams. I feel like there were some other ones, but okay. I have some I'm teams. I'm still going with the People's Album. Okay. Did uh, did Nelson show you guys the video of him and Juju? Yes. So Nelson, while he was here, told Juju to put a, put a towel over his arm and pretend like he was a waiter. And in the game against the Bengals, Juju did it. But he did it all by himself. Yeah, so because like Ramon nobody... Foster spiked the ball, and Antonio Brown was probably so he's like looking around trying to be the waiter. But yeah. Nelson told him to do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, isn't that awesome? That is That's great. All right, now team celebrations. First one back to Alex Collins. Tug of war with the entire offensive line. Scores, puts the ball down. Offensive line gets up. <laughs> Wah! <laughs> and he pulls the entire offensive line pretty down. Good. I did pretty like good. It is a pretty good one. Another Baltimore Ravens one. Eric Weddle gets the pick six. They go down. The team is celebrating. And check it out. He's going to do a fadeaway jumper. He's going to come and he's going to step around Marvin. Oh, you son of a bitch. All right, whatever. He's not going to win. He steps around Marvin Jones, and then he shot it. Fucking mother <laughs> balls. Uh, then you have Leonard Fournette shot the free throw. I did like this one. And the offensive funny. line boxed out. Yep. And then the last four was another Steelers one, and they imitate wrestling. One, two, three with the pin. Juju Smith-Schuster pins Le'Veon. So who I wins I mean, those bestie? three, Brown, Juju, and Le'Veon, they must be like three inseparables because they, they must be just all over it. I always feel bad for Martavis Bryant because he's never invited to their celebrations. <laughs> yeah, well, he was missing for a year. Ravens. Uh, Ravens tug of war, Ravens game winning shot, Jaguars free throw, or Steelers wrestling pin. Steelers wrestling pin, Jaguars free throw. I know which one you're missing. Tug of war, game winning shot. Uh, I'm going to go with the free throw. Oh. Free throw? Oh, wow. Jaguars free throw. Or Steelers bench press. Steelers bench press. Still number one. Still number one. What was I missing? You're missing, which I think is becoming my new favorite one because it's going to piss defensive players off. Okay. And it happened against your defense. But the whole Jimmy Graham, whatever the hell Jumping they're doing, around like, thing. techno party, right? Whatever the, it is. The whistle. And they, the, yeah, the they did that, yeah. like, at practice. Like, I, I think that could start to piss people off when they get in the So end you there. like celebrations that are beginning to, that you don't think people are going to like. I want something that's going to piss defenses off, and they're going to go, damn, we're not going to let them do that damn celebration on us. That's what I want. I want something that's a staple for a good team. 
to piss people off. And it off. might be the Seahawks. Like that's why I liked your Macarena thing with your Eagles electric defense. slide, or electric slide, whatever it was, or yeah. the Macarena. But I did Macarena. like that one late nineties line dance. All right, we have iTunes comments. Thank you as always. If you leave a five star review on iTunes, uh, myself or Wheels. I'm going to enlist him to do this. He's going to get it, and we're going to read it. First one off, remember we had the guy that said his def- his dad was a defensive MVP, his father-in-law oh, was? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he commented again, oh, Seth good. Rice. Hey, I wrote earlier, my father-in-law is Keith Millard. Oh, man, are you kidding me? Who's that? Damn, number 75 at the Vikings. Keith Millard sacked my dad many a times. He was a phenomenal football what player. What did he play? He was a defensive tackle for the, the Vikings defense in the 80s when they were very good defense. Really? Yes, they were phenomenal. That's... Uh, he yeah. said, I swear I m- married my beautiful wife for her, not her genetics. <laughs> well, you're going to get some good genetics. I mean, he was like, um, I mean, Keith Millard is a borderline Hall of Fame type defensive player. Really? He'd be, without any disrespect, Howie Longish, but maybe not that good. But Was yes. he in the Purple Could People Leaders? He was not. He's after that. Okay. But he was with, like, remember, um, you know, uh, Chris Dolman? Yeah. No, that was that defense. They oh, were. Damn. Uh, they were one of the few defenses my dad played them. I actually used to be scared for my dad. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he also asked a Broncos question. He said, Sims, obviously Indeed. the Broncos yeah. need a new quarterback. Which draft prospect would you like to see them get? I love the talent of Josh Allen, but keep hearing mixed reviews. We're not in draft time yet. No, we're not. Go to images so you can see what he looks like. Oh, okay. We yeah. have another but Broncos quarterback I like question. Josh Allen the best. Still, I don't give a shit what their record is at Wyoming or his stats. He's the most talented guy at the group. Let me couple this with another Broncos quarterback question. Chaz based. You guys are top-notch. Best podcast I listen to. No one keeps it real like Adam and Chris. Born a Broncos fan. Is there a free agent quarterback that they should go for, or is the young one to develop not enough from Paxton to bank on? Yeah, Paxton is uh, definitely dicey at this point point. I mean, is there a free agent? I do think it's a year where you're going to see some free agent quarterbacks out there. Whether that's a Kirk Cousins or Alex Smith or Tyron maybe a Phillip Rivers or Eli, an Eli Manning. Manning. Right. I mean, I, there's a what number. What would you say? One of those guys or a rookie for the Broncos? I think where they're at is their team right now. Go to the rookie. Find a rookie. Oh, you think they... Wow, this was a team that was ready and now they've just... Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a fickle league. Their defense... It's going to have to be changed over a little here in the next year or two. So you're gonna all, gonna be back a little bit in like a keep to leave is gonna be a year older next year. Yeah. So they gotta start thinking about some new pieces and maybe rebuilding their team. You know team. what I think happened with Denver's defense? They yeah. had so much depth on that D line for so long. Right. And then they lost so many to free agency and then they actually suffered injuries this year. Yes, they did. And it's the first time they've had that. Right. Uh another AFC West quarterback question. GT Bear eighty four, by far my favorite podcast. I've been listening since episode so two, and you've only gotten better with time. Thank you. Adam does a great job reeling in Chris and keeping the show moving smooth, like a silky smooth receiver going in and out of his routes. Chris is throwing deep bombs of knowledge throughout the show, whether it's football, health advice, the environment, or politics. As a high school coach, this is so much I want to ask Chris. There is so much I want to ask Chris in terms of film breakdown and opponent scouting, but I won't go there now. My main question is the Chiefs. Do you think the Philly offense with Carson Wentz is a possible preview of the Kansas City offense with Patrick Mahomes? Yes, I do. I think it's... It's going to be very similar in its its base premises, except really it has a chance to be more special and dynamic just because they have a few guys that are, you know, Kareem Hunt and Terry Kill and Travis Kelsey, as good as your team is. You don't have those three guys. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know know my thoughts about Mahomes. I think Mahomes could be an absolute superstar. Um, I think you're going to see very much that Eagles-type offense 
but maybe even a hair more dangerous just because Andy is good at drawing up, you know, three fuck you plays every week. I saw some I saw this highlight posted on the Checkdown, which is an Instagram account, and it was Donovan Ab throws five touchdowns in the first half. And I watched and it was ten yard past the TO that he takes up thirty yards. Right. Dump off to Brian Westbrook that he takes up thirty yards. Right. Dump off to Westbrook and he goes twenty yards. Yeah. And I was like this is why I question McNabb. Yeah. Because those two guys were fucking special. They LJ were. Smith, 10-yard run. He was athletic. Good. Right. Uh, to uh, Andy Reid, a lot of questions about the coach, and here's a coaching question. Uh, Echo Delta 13, best sports podcast, uses no time fillers, preaches the truth. How about more time spent on why coaches get free passes while players get blamed for everything? For yeah. example, Goff compared to Manning. Right. Uh, I don't know what that means. Goff compared to Manning. Man- he's saying Manning or Mannion? Manning. All right, but either way, I mean, I, I I get it. I think he's. I mean, you're right. Coaches get a free pass a lot of the times. We always look at whoever it was on the highlight that made the bad play or missed the block or you know my you know my favorite the tight end blocking the number one pass rusher in yeah. football and they go oh, why couldn't he block him or how and, about or how about we're gonna blame the Jets cornerbacks when why was the defense being put in that situation we're go. gonna blame Rodney McLeod right. for getting beat by Doug Baldwin why is he on an island on an important third down with exactly, Doug Baldwin exactly right that's, that's the, bad coaching that is bad coaching those are the little things you gotta look at and yes coaches do get a free and then pass they say, and execution. that's why we're here we're, we're Lefko and Sims are here to set the record straight with that shit that's why a lot of my coaching friends don't like me anymore. Speaking of coaches that we question, Packer Nation 420. So this is a guy that's all in our business. Love the pod. Uh, I'm a huge Packers fan. A listener, I know you guys see the frustrations of McCarthy's offense, but when you look at his stats, should we move on from him? Do you think we should? Also, do you think Josh McDaniels would leave New England to come to Green Bay? Mm. Keep up the good work. I do think that he would think about that, yes. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, who you you got to look at him and go, he's got at least you know four or five years of really top-level play still in him. I'm going to go against the grain right yeah. now and say that what he, McCarthy has done these last few weeks without Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I thought they battled it in Pittsburgh and yeah. they had that game. They go out there and, and I think they ran Hundley in overtime against Tampa Bay, and I like the play calling. And the defense is not really that good, but they're figuring it out. Yeah. I'm coming to grips with the fact that McCarthy is a good situational coach, but get him an OC. Do what they're doing in Kansas City. Yeah, get him a Matt it. Nagy and let him give up the play call. That is it. That's, Come up with a new that's system. That's all there is to it. Right. Don't even don't you worry about the system. Hire somebody from a different system. Yeah. You need new ideas and new schemes and new thought process in general. He is a good head coach. His team always plays tough. They're always detailed, like you just said. They understand situational football. They haven't lost games because of Mike McCarthy mishandling a game. They've lost games with Mike McCarthy, the play caller, and play to designer just doesn't do enough in a game to help out the rest of his team against teams that are equal or better than the Packers, even with or without Aaron Rodgers. All right, this next guy wants to help you, and he has a question about your friends. Okay. Uh, Cranberries20. Love Sims' takes. Lefko, you seem like a cool dude I want to have a cool one with. Cold one with. I drink tequila, so I'll do that. <laughs> Sims, I'm wondering how close you were are to Michael Lombardi. I'm wondering if you crossed past New England. I'm wondering what you think of some of his takes. Right. One, he thinks Jason Garrett's only job is to motivate the team and nicknamed him the Clapper. Two, he thinks Doug Peterson is massively overrated. I'm wondering. Oh, yeah. So what do you think? I know you talk to Michael Lombardi. I do. Regularly. Um, I don't listen to Mike McCarthy. I mean, you told me the one about Jason Garrett, how he calls him the yeah. Clapper or Sometimes whatever I'll else. Sometimes I listen to his podcast. Yes. I like Lombardi's takes. 
takes. He's smart. Well, Lombardi's extremely smart. Belichick so, talks to him. That's very rare. No doubt. And uh, Mike, my favorite conversations of my week. I don't talk to Mike every week. We call each other every week, but I would say we talk, you know, once every other week for sure. And it's one of my favorite conversations of the week. I mean, Mike has so much knowledge. Behind. Um, actually, yes. No, no, it's really it's my favorite football conversation of the week. Because There's no other anyone else that you like to talk about football with more. Mm, not Adam Lefko. Nope, Mike Lombardi. Um, so I am. This is bullshit. <laughs> Mike Lombardi, Dan Lebator, Dan Adam Lefko. <laughs> this is nonsense. <laughs> wow. I'm going to put you nice. on probation. Uh, Lombardi is what do you amazing. Think takes. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way about Jason Garrett. Yes, Jason Garrett's not as hands-on. He has coordinators that are doing that. He's an extremely smart person and understands football at, at all levels. So I, I'm not going to agree with that totally. I Mike can go out there and annihilate people. I don't feel that way about Doug Peterson either. I don't think Doug Peterson is Bill Belichick or anything like that. But I think Doug Peterson is still a good football coach. Yes. So, Mike, I learned a lot of football from Mike. Mike studies the game hard. He, of course, yes, is friends with Belichick, yeah. looked for Bill Walsh, was the right-hand man to Al Davis. He has so many stories and so many little tidbits of information that I, that I always I'm find interesting. I'm just so excited I got to talk to my favorite male Sims today. Actually, I can talk to my favorite two Simses. Yeah. And then I, I'm, maybe I can talk to Matt. And then you and know, I'm back on the podcast today. And now obviously. you're here. You know, just my favorite people. <laughs> uh, Cranberry's other note was, uh, how do you figure out the scores of the games when you write your predictions? Oh, that's a Flip good Flip a coin? No. How do you hurt. come out with the numbers? He says, I've got – he gives his stats. He, he goes – um, he comes up with my numbers, trying to think of touchdowns and field goals. Now. Yeah, I don't do that. If all right, so I, I just think of the game in general. Most games are somewhere between seventeen and thirty-one, right? So let's come on. I go through games and I go, man, twenty-three, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-one, twenty-seven, twenty-three. 21-17. Those are the scores you're going to generally be on. So they're always in my head. But the only thing I will look at as a stat where okay. I'm picking my game points per game. Points allowed per game on the points defense. Points allowed per game. On the defense. So not how many they score, but how many they allow. How many they allow. That is the one thing I'm going to look at and go, oh, okay. Well, the Steelers only let up 17 a game, but mm, this is a good pass defense, so they might let up a few more. I'm going to give the Bengals 24 or whatever it may be. That's what I. Uh, I also think like you're not trying to hit it exactly. You're just trying to. I mean, of I'm course trying you to are, be but no, you want to tell people. Exactly. You want to tell people what's going to happen in the game if it's 31. Yeah, yeah. I go through my description of the game with my ghostwriter and I tell them everything that uh, jumps out to you my have a ghostwriter. I do. We're going to get to that in a second. Go ahead. So let's let's uh, let's hold off on that. All right. Uh, Trent VK, maybe next year. How would you fix the Lions' issues after this year? The defense is underperforming. The run game bottom of the league for the fourth straight year. Yeah. It feels like they're wasting Stafford's prime year. Is a coaching change needed, or is it lack of talent? I, I, I think that is... I like Caldwell. I like Caldwell, too. They need to draft a running back not named Amir Abdullah. They do. They're wasting Matt Stafford. Um, they probably... You know, they, they were a little beat up on the offensive line. They've had a little issues there. They lost Haloti Nada. Ezekiel, well, the question was for you. What would you I know. do? Ezekiel Anza is not the same guy as he was two years ago. So they have no difference makers. They need they need a guy just about on every level of the defense to be like, Damn. they need one more stud on the D-line. They need another linebacker to go along with Gerard Davis. They need another legit cover corner as well. Right. Offensively, they really got it all except just a developed run game in general as either. And I like Jim Bob Cooter's offense, but I'm not in love with it. It has a lot of the staples. Yes. 
It's not the it's worst. It's repeatable. But, but again, this is the one thing I think they're they are to me definitely one of the under the radar coaching change teams. Yeah, definitely. Just think about it. First of all, it's Bob Quinn. He came from New England. This is not his guy. Right. They might not make the playoffs. Fucking Josh McDaniels is going to leave New England this year. If he doesn't, I'll be shocked. This is the year. I just think that'll be a place that I'd watch out for him with. Josh McDaniels more likely Detroit. New York or Tennessee? Gosh, because there is a Patriots GM at both Tennessee and Detroit. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think Tennessee's out of the woods. Like if Malarkey and them don't make the playoffs, or even if he just loses the wild card game, I, I wouldn't be shocked there. Uh, I, if I you would, were McDaniel's, where would you go? Detroit. You got Stafford. You got no expectations. I mean, nothing. Every that's like a coach's dream to go. Okay, yeah, I have the a Giants, GM. I you got to flip it around quick. You do. You got to flip it around quick, and you and might you not know Odell. who your quarterback is. And you got Odell. Yeah. But you did pick the Giants to go to the Super Bowl in the preseason this year, so it's not like it's out of no, the question. No, no, but it's going to be a less appealing thing just because they're going to go. Okay, yeah, maybe I have Eli for one more year. Uh, but then I have to start back with the quarterback situation again. Or they go, damn, there's no Eli, and I'm going to have to draft somebody or do something like that too. So that that will factor into Got their it. decision. Four making. games left in the season, right? Yeah, right. Uh, over under four games for the for Eli Manning in a Giants jersey the rest of his career? I think it's four. You think it's under? I think this is it. Okay. Um, Schaefer24, fixing the team. Sims and Lefko, longtime listener. Love what you're doing. You're about. Your input has changed my view of the game and made it much more enjoyable. I have a question, suggestion for the offseason I think people would love. I'd love to see a segment of the show dedicated to really breaking down and analyzing each team. Yeah. Would love to see, Chris, and your thoughts on how the teams could be improved, what their needs are. Think a season review mixed with a state of the franchise type of idea. Mm. As a Raider fan, I'd love to hear your take, but as a football fan, hearing a breakdown of each team would make us that much deeper. We, we'll think of something. For yeah, that. maybe we do divisions where we just go like one week in the offseason, we do AFC East, and then the next week yeah. we do something like yeah, that. Yeah, you guys let us know what you guys think because it's always hard because I don't want to talk about four teams that they don't know. Right, or we don't get care scared. About. Right, tell them we're scared of that. Yeah, and I don't want to do a thing on like the Jaguars, the Falcons, on the Raiders, and then like a Giants fan's like, I'm going to skip this episode. Yes, right. That's where we, we But fall. if you guys are fucking down for every team, yeah. we're down to do it. We are down to do Last it. Last one, Danny Village out of Lefko Field. Chris. Do you actually write your own articles, or do you have someone write while you speak out loud? Your articles are written as if you're talking like it's in the podcast. Well, that's the way I would like it to be, and that's the what I do convey to my ghostwriter, and I think uh, my ghostwriter, yes, Chris Knox. That is, is the way that I'd like it to be, and like, I well, talk like this. I do, I, I, plain I'm not and my ghostwriter. simple. Plain and simple. He's got all my phrases. And Does he put plain and simple in the articles? I, I've seen it in there before. Yes, I, I'm <laughs> sure he tries to get out of my get out of some because I probably say it for like you know 13 out of the 16 matchups. For the first time, I actually heard Sim speaking to his ghostwriter, and because I was in there during the four o'clock games, and and he's talking, and every time he finished a game breakdown, he'd go, "I don't know. I probably talked too much there. I probably gave it too much. <laughs> like every game, he's like, that was probably too much. I, I probably have, talked too much. I imagine yeah. he's kind of like your therapist, like. Like you're talking it out to him. You're talking. It to does the game. help me wrap around, wrap my head around my right. thoughts of the game. Al Michaels saw me doing it. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, because you're doing it. I was doing it the NBC nights, right? And the, in the four o'clock games are coming to an end, and I was like, okay. And you're in this trailer. I'm in this trailer. Yeah, That's tell awesome. people the trailer you're in for NBC. It's awesome. NBC has a trailer just for the talent to where we can sit there and watch the games. So the four o'clock games are all on TVs, and I got a captain's bucket seat, and there's snacks around, and it's everything. It's a perfect man. What are the cave. snacks? Uh, I mean, literally. 
gosh, chips, food. They got a lot. They got a lot of stuff. And you're they not really eating do. any. I'm not really. Maybe some who's, window greens. Maybe a chip. Chips. Who's eating the most? Uh, let's see. Tariko's got his hands on the chips a lot. Do they get you Chipotle? <laughs> no, no, they don't. All right, so uh, what, so you're on the phone. So I'm on the. I go. I sneak out of the main room and go to the room where a few of the other people work. And there's a fo- a hard line phone there. So I'm going to call there and knock out the rest of my power rankings article. And all I do is just, you know, he just goes, okay. He goes, all right, Denver and blah blah blah. And he just goes through the teams, and I start to go, you know, what happened in the game on Sunday, and then main theme for the year is basically what I try to do right. with those. And I'm going and I guess Al, I don't even know it at first, but Al must be behind me. He's walked into the trailer there and I'm on the phone and I'm just rattling off the games and I'm talking about them. And I went over about five or six and I saw that once he walked by me, he stopped back and he kind of listened. He was sitting there shaking his head and like agreeing with me. And I could see, you know, he was like, well, that's a good point. And like uh, those kind of looks. I got done. I walked back into the main room. He goes, what are you doing, a radio interview? And I go, no. I go, that was my Bleacher Report power rankings. And he went, wow. He goes, you can just sit there and talk like that about every team? And I said, yep, I can. Yeah. yeah. I think he was impressed. Imagine trying to explain Bleacher Report to Al Michaels. He oh, gets it way. a little. He talked. He talked about the hidden truths to like show me uh, uh, that he, he knows that he googled that? me or something. <laughs> He's like, oh, I've seen your hidden truths. Yes, yeah. I love that segment. Hidden truths, literally created by like random chance in a video. Yeah, remember? I was like, these are Sims's hidden truths. You're right. And then people were like, we're going to we create like a segment. Truth. Give us more. <laughs> Give us more. Uh, I will say this: it is very funny. This is 2017. The last few months has been the year of Sims. It has been a great year for you. Well, thank you. But it's very funny to watch Lebatard and these guys be like, time out. You have that opinion about Blake Bortles? And it's, <laughs> you know, the the rest of the world is, is going to on. see your madness. Like I said, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. Dude, I truly uh, mean I that. am so excited for when they realize you've never eaten an egg in your life. <laughs> I went back time. into my old Instagram and I found the video of you trying vanilla pudding for right. the first time. Yeah, and yeah. you called it a poor man's cake batter. You're right, right. Just add a little more sugar. Here. If you guys remember, a little more that, sugar that would have been cake batter. We had we had Sims try a bagel on episode two or three. God, and he said it was just like garlic bread that you'd find on the table of an Italian right, restaurant. Right. I don't know why everybody in North Jersey made that a staple of their breakfast forever. I don't get it. The <laughs> early, the early days podcast. of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so coming up tomorrow, we will, or whenever you guys listen to the pick show, it is going to be all of our week fourteen picks. Lefko went twelve and four against the spread. Damn, He's good for you. What? We are going to have so Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp, we are going to do fill in time with Warren Sapp. Yep. We're going to bring him on. And then I have a special guest. I'm really interested Holy here. Holy shit. It's uh, your mom. She's coming <laughs> uh, Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick does not say good evening, apparently. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And the L-E-F-K-O-E man says good night. As always, we love you. Thanks for subscribing. Hit us up on social, at Sims and Lufko, Instagram or Twitter. We will holler at you. Good evening, good night, good morning. I'll let you, boy. <laughs>